This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Paco, mm-hmm. what was the first time you heard Soundgarden? Uh, it was probably either MTV or Radio 91. That's when Bad Motorfinger came out. It would have been Outshined. Okay, so Outshined was your first? Oh, you know what? It, I, no, it was uh, Loud Love. Okay. The song, so not the was, album. Cool. I think I'd heard 
one or two tracks by them and they kind of just kind of passed by me. And the first time I really gave them a listen uh, was, did you ever, there's this pay-per-view concert that was Guns N' Roses live in Paris that came out in like early 92. Did you ever hear about this? No. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, anyway, this is the, back in the day when you'd, you'd, you'd fork over $35 to, to watch something like this. Yep. And uh, opening was Soundgarden. And I really not hadn't <clears throat> paid much attention to them. And they came out and just absolutely killed it. And that kind of made me check out Bad Motor Finger and kind of go from there. Yeah, Bad Motor um, Finger was when I started getting into them. But I'd worked at a college radio station that had the Louder Than Love album. And one of the feet songs I was allowed to play was loud love and I played it mainly because it was there wasn't a you know the alternative thing at the radio station didn't afford me a lot of hard rock so I ended up loving the song quite a bit but uh at the time it was really just because there wasn't a lot of hard rock to play <laughs> well obviously we're kind of getting into this loose because of the news this week that uh you know, Chris died tragically a couple nights ago apparently uh, in, taking a suicide and I I know there's some details still being looked at and things of that nature. And, you know, the, the wife made a, a statement that may have helped kind of people ease up a little bit. And let's let this thing play out and and not jump to too many conclusions. I, I even seen a couple judgmental po- posts from some people on Facebook about the coward's way out and stuff. And I just I don't know. It just here's the thing about. Well, go ahead. First, I don't know what your reaction was, but the. I and I don't do this with every time I see a celebrity passing, but I went. All I said was, "What the fuck?" Yeah, was the first was, yep. was the first thing that I that I said, and I didn't have. I think that was my like, actual comment on. Uh, you know, I got up at six in the morning, and Wilson texted me saying he de- died, and I just I looked up looked it up on the internet, found it, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And then I just, "What the fuck?" Well, yeah, hell, because well, I mean, for, on your side, I mean, you had just yeah, I just like three or four days before, had just seen him. One of his, I think it was the second or third to last show. I'm not sure. I think there might have been two yeah. that after that, but but what what I mean by that, by saying just what the fuck is you've got, you know, it's not like uh, Wyland. You didn't expect it, <laughs> yeah. or Lemmy. I mean, it, Lemmy. You know, you knew he was he was coming to the end. You didn't you. It, uh, even going to more the Curse of Seattle, your Lane Staley. It's not like it was a surprise when it came out. It was like that sucks, but it's not like we there wasn't tons of evidence leading to this. Yeah, it's not like For he all, hasn't been out. You know what I mean? The, we, we've seen right. him. There's he's active. He's busy. You know, Lane Staley basically disappeared for two years and had all sorts of you know drug related rumors and flying around. So yeah, it was. I don't know. It was a little unnerving. So, I, so I'll just go to um, back to you about just seeing them. So when you were, can you just kind of describe Northern Invasion, the show you saw? And, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, was there anything like, did he sound good? Did he? Yeah, he did. He sounded fine. You could you could still hit the notes and everything like that. You know, I mean, maybe a little older and a, not quite uh, 1992 Chris Cornell. But it, um, yeah, you know. I'm not gonna lie. I spent a little time kind of thinking, God, whether there, I think it's difficult to. Even if I thought I saw a sign, it probably wouldn't have been anything. You know what I mean? And I've seen some people commenting or writing posts about that were at the last show, and they're like, "I noticed this kind of stuff." But then you know, you watch some of the video, and it does seem towards the end there's something a little goofy going on with him. 
I didn't see anything. You talk about the De- yeah. you talk, talk about the Detroit show. Yeah, and I didn't see anything like that at Northern Invasion. You know, um, it was a weird set, like I told you. I mean, they're playing Flower and uh, uh, All Your Truth and All Your Lies. I can't remember if that song is just called All Your Lies, but. Oh, but anyway, look, they, there's nothing I, I could offer. Right, okay, so that. he wasn't. That's my point. Is you you were up front. The pictures are phenomenal that, today. I shared them. Yeah, thank personally. you. And and everything and, and uh, yeah, I mean, I saw a little clip of the Detroit show, and he just looked to be. I mean, he was like, he was, you know, I don't know if he does this every show. He's just like, what the fuck's going on, people? <laughs> and, and you know, kind of doing like, I was like, oh, you know, I, I've only seen him once or twice, but he seemed very. Uh, He's like, Detroit, I've been telling people about Detroit my whole life. You got to stand up. Get the fuck up. And I was like, is he? It was I not like know, that at all at our show. He, he he talked to the audience, and it was pleasant and everything, but he was not a fiery kind of guy at all. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't remember seeing that before. So anyway, um, all right, that's cool. So they put on a good show, and um, yeah, I just figured we'd talk about more <clears throat> kind of like a celebration and and – because there was definitely a time when I would wear these albums out. And for some reason, there's something about, and, and it, it will go to this too, I think, is that, you know, you can argue Alice in Chains has some depressing fucking uh, lyrics. I mean, obviously, Dirt mm-hmm. <laughs> is about basically nothing but heroin addiction. And at one point, he talks about, like, killing himself and watching his the blood of on, on the wall and stuff like that, scraping him off the wall, whatever that lyric is in the song Dirt itself. But for whatever reason, they were more peppy. Um, and and I mean that just the pacing of the, the songs, yeah. The Ellison Chains, they got a lot of pep in their step. I and, thought they you know, were they darker had than Soundgarden, but carry on. I I guess what the reason is is that they have different, much different tempos. There's very few Soundgarden songs that aren't as sludgy. Hmm. They aren't that aren't the them bones. Where's the them bones for Soundgarden? You know what I mean? Oh, like a rusty about, cage, I suppose. Big dumb sex is nice a, and upbeat and poppy. Yes, it is, and that's what I was gonna say. Is can we just play that because that's a nice upbeat song, so we can uh, move on from there. And by the way, before <laughs> we even go into before we even go into that, after uh, uh, to go into more about that, what's the first time you heard that song? I'll tell you how I came into it, and see if it's the same. Did you hear it because you knew that album already? No, I bought it because uh, cl- that was clearly not a song that was approved for the radio station. So. <laughs> Uh, actually, you know what it was? Uh, I read it, um, I'd already had, um, uh, bad motor finger and spin had an interview with, um, uh, Chris Cornell and I think Kim Thale. And, and apparently most of the interview was da- dying until the guy told a blonde joke. But I, I remember <laughs> Chris Cornell saying in there and he's like, Big Dumb Sex is probably our poppiest song, and it says fuck 34 times in it, you know. So then I had to go, I, I took the CD, you know, I snuck it in my backpack, took it home to listen to it. And, yeah, that would have been the first. It was also the first Soundgarden song I learned how to play, but just because. Yeah, no, that was. Great riff. Oh, it's great. I know what to do. Uh, what to do. I'm going to fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. And it goes back and forth with a perfect pan.
I know, know what, what to, to do. do. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna fuck. 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 Fuck you. Fuck you. you. <laughs> Beautiful. You, you might need Beautiful. to tighten that up. I think there's a little sluttle, sluttle uh, Skype <laughs> delay. It was a little sludgy. Yeah. Oh my god. Right. You got a you got a beer to crack open or what? Yeah. Uh, no. I just uh, I'm still nursing this little guy here. Okay, yeah. And the, and the here's here's a Chris. Hold on. You gotta get it. Here you go, Chris. There you go. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Poured a little liquor for your homies. <laughs> oh yeah. But I've been pouring that on my floor. That's not the same. It's supposed to go into your the, uh, you know the whole the whole uh, pouring a little out. You get that right? Uh, it goes into the ground where their that, bodies that, are. That's okay. I didn't get that forever. I'm like, what? What is all this wasted booze they are all they're, pouring on the ground? Their corpse get uh, their corpse gets hammered. Yes, there you go. But yeah, so we were just talking right when we were queuing that song up that. It is odd, like of the, I'll just call it the, the, the big four or whatever you want to call it. When I was into Soundgarden, I was fucking in it. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like after Down on the Upside and like 97, 98 on, those, those albums just got dusty for me. And the only thing I, for, I would say what I can put my finger on is that um, for whatever reason, like I was just making a joke about Allison Chains being peppy and stuff like that. When I listened to Soundgarden, it was usually when I was in such a pissed off mood. Or actually was, of those bands, the one that actually depressed me sometimes, <laughs> listening to the stuff. I mean, Chris did have a, a way to write just some of the most, most, the most beautifully haunting lyrics. You know, and, and then being an amazing singer as well. Uh, but I kind of had that kind of fallen away from them too until they kind of reunited a little bit. And I had to kind of remember that I really love these records so much. They kind of just really disappeared. I mean, Chris still had a solo career, and then he did Audio Slave, but Soundgarden as, like, I hate using this term, a brand, didn't maintain with even Alice in Chains or Nirvana after that. You know what I mean? I, I, I Don't quote me on the year, but I believe one of the, the reasons they, they ended up reuniting um, was they had some business to take care of, and that was, like, they didn't have a website. I thought it was, like, 2009, 8, 10, somewhere in that area. Which is I mean, insane. Yeah. So all that stuff. They really didn't have a web store. They, were, they weren't merchandising anything. And then that kind of led to them kind of, you know, easing the tension that might have been there. And they're like, you know, let's play a show or two, you know. And then they, of course, did King Animal. And the rest, I guess, is history, so... <laughs> Is so I think a, there's something there to what you're saying. Song, is there a single song you can hum on King Animal? No. No. Yeah, me either. I got that and I was like, oh, I was like, that's just too bad. I don't even know what it was. Yeah. Did you like it at first or you just... It's okay. I, I mean, I can yeah. listen to it, I suppose. Let's put it this way. Since the news, that hasn't been one that I've dug into. You no, know, it's been, no. It's been Temple of the Dog, Super Unknown, and uh, uh, um, Bad Motor Finger. Okay, so what I'll say to that is, I guess that that Cornell was so convincing in his lyrics, and like you're saying, the haunting mm-hmm. um, the melodies. That unlike you know Black Sabbath, they can have the same kind of music and downtrodden whatever and evil and talking about fucking uh, fairies that wear boots and shit like that. That that's that's all fair and good, but for whatever reason, it was much more heavier than Black Sabbath in. In the lyrical content. Very much so. Sense? Okay, all right. So that, you know, that... I, I have this very clear memory of like a Saturday morning uh, at a buddy of mine's house, and it was definitely in the wintertime. And, you know, we're all kind of shaking off the drunk from the night before. 
Uh, how do you shake I, off? How do you shake off off exactly? Is it kind well? Of a, is it, it all body really shake, or is it just the yeah. arms? Yeah, you know, for me, it's more in the neck. Uh, is there stretching involved? Oh yeah, yeah, and do a shower a and a couple cups of coffee. You know, it's, you it's a whole hot, routine. Hot yoga. Yeah. I I would have. I was under the impression you already knew how to do this, but uh, <laughs> let me uh, let me just walk you through step by step. Now. Um, I remember we got snowed in or something. There was a bunch of us that we walked back from the bar to the one guy's house in town there. And the next morning, we're all just kind of like, you know, all pasty eyed and stuff. And I I'm, I'm put some Temple of the Dog in the boombox. And I just remember thinking, I, I just, I had a very vivid memory of this that uh, it's very simple and it's not going to sound as interesting now that I'm getting to it. I just felt at that moment that everything Chris Cornell was involved with was good. And as that it really resonated with me, the the lyrics to uh, all the songs on Temple of the Dog. I mean, it's just such beautiful music, and it just seemed like God. How does this guy? I mean, first of all, he's like six four. He's better looking than everybody. He can sing (laughs) better than everybody. Yeah. And he writes these amazing songs. What a dick. And it turns out he's a freaking good guitar player. It's like, what <laughs> What the fuck did you do? You know, where, where do you get off, man? Yeah. Now here he is. So why, so why don't cool. you segue after that story into Pick a Temple of the Dog song, man? Uh, call Me a Dog. You call me a dog. Well, that's fair.
You know, speaking of Temple of the Dog, one of my good friends lives in uh, San Francisco. He saw they only had like, what, eight concerts when they did the Temple of the Dog reunion. Wasn't that last year? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't many, was it? And then, of course, they were all sold out within eight seconds and then available through secondary markets. Secondary markets called Ticketmaster. I love the fact that Ticketmaster has its own secondary market to say, hey, by the way, tickets are gone, but by the way, we're still reselling them just like StubHub. We want to get in the action, too. Fuck you. Night, you know, they clearly grease politicians. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so <clears throat> one of my uh, friends saw him in, in uh, the San, whatever they were playing in San Francisco. And really? He said it was just, he just said it was amazing. And I, and I he, the set list he posted, and it went through, I mean, it was everything. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like Well, they like, only got 10 songs. <laughs> no, right. But I'm just saying it was a cool mix. And, um, I think they no, played. I don't. If I would have, if I could have gone, I would have. I mean that, that would be a dream scenario, much more than seeing Soundgarden. So it's all these kind of things, you know. There, they he throws that up there. Did Vetter um, partake in that? He didn't, and I thought that yeah. they he might have gone. I mean, he's on, only like, on the one song. I get it, but right. But for some reason, when I first heard that that was going on, I had this. I envisioned this thing where they would, he would come out on there, then they would jam in a couple. Um, you know, because it's his band, mm-hmm. or it's it's Pearl Jam. So I figured they do a little bit of Pearl Jam, a little bit of that. That's what not what it was, but it was still an awesome set list. Anyway, right. so I'm just saying that that's something that he just, they, he just uh, decided. Hey, I want to do just about a year ago. You know, yeah. Um, plan and another thing about uh, this is kind of odd. Is usually when, and again, we're going to keep this as a celebration, but just want just some some observations is. Usually when these things happen, for the most part, it's not when they're on tour. Like, Yeah, that's valid. You know what I mean? It's usually on the off time when things get like whatever happens, you get low, you get whatever it is. It's like he just came off the high of being on stage. And and he, obviously you saw him just a, like a couple days ago and things were kicking ass. Which means however, however anybody wants to put things in, in a box, you can never understand depression. If somebody's, dep- you know what I mean, and I understand it might have been some uh, mm-hmm. drugs in there too, but oh, the guy had it all. No, he just this is a thing. Yeah, I don't know what else well, to say. There are some, you know, important issues at play here that are probably a little bit bigger than the fact it was Chris Cornell. You know what I mean? As far as how we handle and treat depression in this country, what role pharmaceutical companies play, and that kind of stuff, yep. and I just. I did. I'm like you, you know. I this wasn't. He wasn't my friend. We didn't know each other. He wasn't an extended member of my family in any way. His importance in my life that I've chosen to put there, by the way, is his music and him as a musician, as 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 an entertainer and stuff. Yeah, it's not like I don't sit and question these things like a lot of people do. I'm not going to lie, but I don't want to f- fixate too much on that because it, it can be such a fool's you know, chase and stuff. And we don't know, and, and we'll probably never really know everything. Well, that's kind of where I was going, too. Okay. I totally yeah. agree with what you're saying. People like, can just, you know, don't judge him because you really don't know. And don't rush to make him a savior of some point or a victim because we really don't know that either. And it really isn't important to us as fans. At least it shouldn't be. 
from my perspective. And then, but of course, Donny V's. Have you seen his conspiracy theories? <laughs> I haven't. But uh, do you want to break it down for me, please? I'll just give you one. The guy's six foot two. What can you hang yourself in a hotel room when you're six foot two? You can't hang a six foot two guy. It's like, and it's he's doing this on Facebook in all caps. <laughs> so this is this is the uh, this is the enough's enough guy. Yeah. I say enough's enough uh, out of him. I mean, yeah, yeah, apparently someone told him because then he, like, a couple days later, he's like, I'm just, uh, I'm sorry if I was doing anything or being insensitive, blah, blah, blah. So you're saying that only people that are 5'11 can do that? I, I uh, yeah, apparently you need to be 5'11 or shorter to, yeah. He's been on tour and he's been in a lot of hotel rooms, I think, was part <laughs> of his. Uh, yeah, so. What is, he's checked out the area? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nope, not going to work again. You know? <laughs> Oh, uh, see, terrible, we can, terrible we can have a but laugh. Listen, to push this a little further, mm-hmm. and this is not a joke. This is the first thing I thought about, and this is why I'm going to play this next song, is because I don't want this. One of my favorite songs by Soundgarden was uh, that I want to not put a dark cloud on is the song Pretty Noose. Hmm. That's not a joke. I'm just saying, like that. I'm saying that seriously. That is that is one of my favorite songs. Is the opening track for, you know, yep. down the upside, and it's because it's it's logical a, connection. A, yes, but that that because that song is about uh, a, a a bitch that basically he's got him got him on a short leash is essentially what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, it's, no, I mean the song's not about what happened, it, but. It has the word noose in it, and you know, so. right, and that's what I'm saying. So, that just like you say, like you remember for his music, you don't think about um, you know trying to associate everything with him. It's it's uh, basically what I'm saying is this is a fucking jam. It's got a kick ass everything to it. It's written by Chris Cornell. I'm looking right at the little uh, the uh, liner notes right now. So let's kick this motherfucker off. Pretty noose.
Well, pretty new. It's probably not one of my top Soundgarden songs, but I do like it. I just like so many that it would probably get pushed out. I hear you. No, it's something like about a, the bass like riff. A baby. And the, it's, it's just different. It's also the subject matter. I think it, there was a there was a certain uh, female that it was associated to at the time. So <laughs> Yeah, I think we know who it was. But um, <laughs> not this one, not a long I want to get your thoughts on something I saw uh, again on social media. I, and the reason I'm bringing it up to you is because I'll use the hollow deal as an example. You are a little more open minded when it comes to some of these tributes. OK, no, all fair enough. Hologram the shit out of everybody. OK, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not going we're not going to rock and pods or holograms are going. No. OK. All right. Uh, <laughs> there's this guy named Ken Tamplin. He's like a singer du jour and he sells singing lessons online. Right. Uh, and uh, is that actually posts, a term? Is that actually a term? Vocal Academy. No, singer du jour. No, I made that isn't up. That That's si- what, isn't that singer of the day? Hmm. Like a, a soup du jour. <laughs> What's the what is soup du jour? That's the soup of the day. <laughs> hmm, that sounds good. I'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> the singer of the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. If for my, it, it validates my point. Let's what call day him singer is it? of the day. Is it the singer of Tuesday? <laughs> I think it was Thursday. Oh, good. That's my favorite singer. He posted a vocal tribute to Chris Cornell, and it was him singing an audio slave song. Oh, boy. And he was doing a fine version singing it, okay? Uh, the guy right. can sing. This okay. has nothing to do with that. Because but when Thursday. you click the link to watch the video, it is a video with a bunch of links on how to buy vocal lessons. <laughs> so right. I commented. Not a tribute, more of a commercial, kind of tacky in my opinion. And the weird thing is, was the only reason I felt compelled to say that is because I read among the 200 comments, and it's all like, oh, this is beautiful. You're so good. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so amazing. It's like all these people are like, fuck, what, are you trying to get a free lesson or something? It's like I can't be the only person that thinks it is the guy just died. Let this me is the day you. after, and you are trying to capitalize your personal business because of it. If you and tell me I do an incredible tribute to Chris Cornell, that's 10% off. If you say spectacular Chris <laughs> Cornell tribute, that's 15% off. If you say awesome balls, I will give you 20% off. That's today only from the singer du jour. Uh, it, it won't surprise you that my comment is no longer there. <laughs> So now I know why they're all positive. You know what I mean? Facebook or YouTube? This is on Facebook. Okay. Ken Tamplin. Look him up, people. If you support my opinion, just go to his fucking page and say, this is kind of tacky, dude. Don't be mean. You can be polite. Uh, But I don't want to start a war, but I do think it's wrong. Uh, That's my question to you. Luce, are you okay with this? No, fuck that guy. I don't like anybody that uses the term du jour. (laughs) Hey, that was me. I was the one who used the show. We're, we're podcasters du jour. Oh, yes. What do we mean? All right. My well, why don't we play an audio slave song? Please, that Maybe. was an excellent segue. <laughs> yeah, because he's he sang it. I don't think it was this one. Uh, is it cool if I pick it? Absolutely. The floor right, is this yours. This is Audio Slave. Uh, your time has come.
Great pick. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of my favorites. And which one is that on? Because it kind of blend together for me. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd have to have it in front of me. Uh, it's not the first one. I think it's the second one, but I can't remember if that's called Revelations or Out of Exile. Yeah, they put like Revelations and Out of Exile within a year. Yeah, it was real they, tight. Yeah, it kind of threw it together. The other thing, the thing I got about Audio Slave is that <clears throat> a lot of the songs seemed like uh, Tom Morello said, "I have a great guitar solo." And I need you to build me a song around it. Yeah, it could be. be. I know uh, Chris because some of the times some, some music of the times, writing credits with with a lot of the songs. Yeah, I mean, like some of the times that guitar solo did not fit at all with the solo. It would be. I mean, I'm sorry, the solo didn't fit at all with the song. Like it'd be like okay, and then all of a sudden it would go yeah. all over the place. Where um, it it really I loved Rage except for the singer. So th- this was like a marriage made perfect for me, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and I think it's one of the few supergroups that actually delivered. You know, like them and Chickenfoot are the recent examples, but typically they're they're kind of a I don't know a mixed package of one good song and a bunch of not. No, they had some great stuff. Did you ever catch them live? I did not, no. Uh, yeah, I tried no. to buy tickets, but they sold out in 10 seconds and then were immediately available with exact seat locations on eBay. Oh, that's good. Least least Ticketmaster's consistent. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think about that. And the amount of time it takes me to just put in that stupid little squ- squirrely, you know, cat CAPTCHA phrase. Yeah. Somebody, I mean, how long does it take to post something on eBay? It's like 20 minutes. How is it already here? <laughs> oh, I mean, now things are a little different. That was like 2001. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah, you know, you, you mentioned earlier you called them the big four, you know, because we kind of use that reference. Yep. I, one thing that really struck out, you know, or struck out. Yeah, I got a ton of little uh, tongue twisters like that in the thrash episode you're going to dig. Oh, you mean just trip, tripping over your words? Oh, yeah. yeah like I said, Laza Palooza. <laughs> at least at one point. Um, that and your, uh, your, I can't remember how you pronounce many words but at the beginning of your Don Jameson interview that you made light of, right? That was a great. Oh, right. Yeah. Catch. That was just kind of right out of the gate going blue, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Besides the words are mispronounced and they get everything right. But with the, um, with the passing of Chris, one thing that kind of stuck out is that Eddie Vedder is kind of the last lead vocalist left of, of those guys. And then it dawned on me how unique and instinctive uh, or d- distinctive voices they have. You know what I mean? Right. And that is gone. That is one of my biggest frustrations in music. And if you look at the last real new movement in, in hard rock, it was kind of that disturbed, Godsmack kind of, yeah. you know, even throwing puddle of mud and nickelback and stuff. If you listen to those singers, they all basically have like a slightly different percentage of all four of those guys. I can see and, that. Yeah, it's just they, but all of these guys, you knew instantly when they started singing, and they were all amazing. You know, it's just it's, no. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it, right. I mean, yeah. The thing that ties all the the quote Seattle thing together, I think, is just the uh, the the lyrics. Really, mm-hmm. you know, the music simply Pearl Jam's. I, I, Everybody said a billion times it's more like a classic rock man. I mean, they cover Neil Young. This the 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 vibe of them is completely different than the Soundgarden. Um, oh, def yeah. The and the none of the bands really musically sounded alike. Alice in no, Chains no. and Soundgarden were heavier. Those Nirvana are the two. Those punkier. are the only two that would even put as close. It just because right. Yeah, they're Sabbath it, it, influenced those two. A little bit. Yeah, two of the 
the two probably the two best singers are in those bands. They're yep. both dark and moody lyricists, uh, and both very heavy. And yeah, like you said, a little of that Sabbath influence. They're probably the grungiest of the four. Uh, you know, but yeah, Nirvana was a little more punky, and like you said, I mean, Pearl Jam is album rock from the seventies. So, exactly. But no, that's a good point. Yeah, you don't see. Yeah, immediately identifiable. Why don't we play that song at the end of the Alice in Chains sap EP that Cornell is on there? They called it Mud Garden. That is a good one. That was a great pick, Baco. I'd, I'd forgotten about that. And I am almost, you know, memories are get a little foggy as you get older. But the my 
I think that's the first time I heard Chris Cornell sing was on that track because I just looked mm. this up while we were um, playing that song and it looks like Sap came out in February of 92 and Bad Motorfinger came out in October of 91. So I may have in passing heard Outshined or Jesus Christ Pose and never really, but the first time I thought what an amazing fucking singer was on that track. So that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I just just great pick. That's that's definitely one of my favorite Allison Chain songs too. But um, so going into that, as far as favorites, you know, looking at their discography, what one is kind of if you're going to grab one album, mm-hmm. one Soundgarden. Yeah, one sound. Yeah, let's do one Soundgarden. Audio has to be bad. Motorfinger. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean. It's 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 close with super unknown and and for a much different reason than because they really hadn't quite established their sound but louder than love is great uh, in its own right too. I am we talked on one of our earlier episodes. God, it had to be in the first year. The, the boner I get from the intro to Loud Love, where it's just that the guitar, wah, wah, oh, yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. And then, like, Cornell, all of a sudden, the, the high-pitched gu- uh, guitar is no longer the guitar. It's Cornell's voice. And I'm like, this is the greatest intro in rock history. No, we did that. It was about yep. uh, a year. Because I had uh, done, oh, I can't remember what the episode theme was. It was some ridiculous theme we did where uh, Hands All Over was my pick and it had to do with the environment. I don't because that was yes. off that yeah that was off that that same album too. That's that's what's weird is like as I've as I had never heard in full "Liar Than Love" for long for until I think after "Super Unknown," and it's such a different album. Yeah, it's that's very much it's, it. It almost stands out like a different band and "Ultra Mega Okay" even more so. I don't know how familiar you are with that record. I am not. So that's the that's one I never very really, raw. Yeah, I, I've 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 listened to it and it never like grabbed me, but Liar Than Love, like I, I just, you know, like Ugly Truth, and um, it obviously had the sense of humor in a couple of the songs too. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, Big Dumb Sucks and everything like that. But yeah, it is it's hard for me to pick. Probably I'm going to say Bad Motor Finger or Super Known. It's a toss up for those two. But mm-hmm. you're right, some of the some great songs are on Down from the Upside. So why don't you pick one off that one? It's got to be Burden in My Hand. <laughs>
You know, uh, earlier uh, I was singing the wrong song. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, the song is called Am I Inside, the the Alice in Chains one. Yeah. But I was singing the opening track, which I think is called Brother. Right. Because it, it no, opens I, with I the song, the words inside. It was it was a brain fart. It's it's okay. Are we are we is this on the air? Yeah. Oh, are we recording this? <laughs> yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, uh, that that album kind of the album kind of played. Well, I, so I, Billy totally Hardaway's head was probably exploding, and I should at least explain myself. Or Fact Bastard might felt the need to check no. in on that. too. I'm pretty so. sure that the only Alice in Chains he's listened to has a Z at the end, of, uh, <laughs> and has uh, their mascot is, oh, is actually you know Alice in Wonderland. So I don't think that yes. if it ain't got spandex, it ain't for Billy. So let's let's uh, let's move on. What do you say? Yeah, he got. See, we got him in there. We shoved him in a <laughs> Chris Cornell tribute episode. You made the cut, Billy. Oh my God, love Billy Hardaway. Oh, so what did, why don't not we just mention that you're very excited, right, about the Rock and Pods Expo with mm-hmm. uh, Billy? Yeah, he's agreed to join us at our, our table and. Hang out. I assume we're going to record something. He'll be talking into a microphone next to us. So I think you said, "I will not let him leave my side for the yeah. entire <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway, um, no, looking but, forward to it. It'll be good to get a face to face, and then you know maybe maybe he'll a punch in the face is coming to one of us. So. <laughs> we're not going to talk about rock and pause or anything like that because that would be like the singer du jour that would be advertising yes. during this. So we're not going to do any of that today. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it is interesting. I'm definitely going to dive into these albums again, even though I devoured them for years. And that's because you just mentioned Burden of My Hand. And I I know that was a single and I have not listened. That's not been on the radio forever, but it was on the radio all the time. And I could forgot what a great fucking song that is. That was a great pick. But it's like one of yeah, those that are buried unless you. And we, you know. we typically stay away from singles and hits here. I mean, typically. But every now and then, you know, whatever. That's not one that's that's. Uh, did they play that? No, they didn't. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you, no, you know, I'm sad. The, the the average human is going to say Spoon Man is going to say. God, they could put that fuck. in a box of songs that don't need to be played. Again. I know, I know. I, I hear what you're saying. I did see that on they the didn't play show, that. They did or did not? Yeah, they did. I did see that it was kind of cool as they entered it, at least on the Detroit show with um, uh, your good eye closed with a whole like. A pig says. Yeah, they did that too. And then oh. went into Spoon Man when you thought it was going to go into that. This is my good eye. Do you hear a cow? A rooster says. Here is a pig. Yeah, they didn't go into Spoon Man first, but it was the opening, like, yeah. Cool. Anyway, final thoughts. Well, you know, for me, we kind of touched on a little bit about how everything is so different in music now, and and, and it... I don't mean this in, in like a get off my lawn kind of sense, old guy thing. As you know, I'm more than happy to embrace new music. And, and I can actually, what does that sound? I can actually hear you shaking your fist. Oh, get off me, Lauren. <laughs> Bring back 
<laughs> Do life crew. Um, why don't they develop artists anymore? And why are you fucking with my dandelions? Yeah, before I get too much into an Eddie Trunk mode. Um, but yeah, the one thing that hit me is that like... Wait, 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 wait. I have to say this real quick just because you said yeah. Eddie Trunk and you immediately think Kiss. Isn't it amazing that not yet has Gene said something that's horrible about Chris <laughs> Cornell's suicide? Now, realize when the tour is getting a little bit, you know, there's not as much attention, he will say something awful in a couple of months. But for now, he has said something nice. Yes. yes, for now. And I, I'm not going to lie that I was thinking the same thing as you were on that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving past that, it's just, he's, he hasn't said an appalling thing about somebody that just died for once. Yeah. Uh, well, fortunately, I think he might have uh, actually got some education on mental illness uh, no, based on the whole so. Robin Williams thing. So I don't think so. Probably not. Continue. No, he doesn't seem like a guy that no, learns No, because he did Robin Williams. Then he also said this, some, some bullshit about Prince. That was like a year later. Yeah, you're after. right. Yeah, yeah. You can't teach a demon. Drugs bad. Don't do them. Drugs bad. Me tweet things. Angry. <laughs> uh, maybe he'll run for president. <laughs> uh, I think but he anyway, has. I think he already has. What I was kind of getting into is, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, it's in college when that that whole kind of music scene shifted. And I, I, it was very evident what was happening it, for people who weren't there that hear the stories. It was a very cool and important thing to be, you know, witness to and and to see this and how it dominated MTV, too. Uh, I mean, you can't imagine how big the song uh, Even Flow was for just a live performance music video. <laughs> and it's just, I, I do feel kind of bad it just reminded me that that's not going to happen again, that nobody is going to grow up listening to music, go to college, and this seismic shift is going to happen, you know? I mean, the 50s was like the birth of rock and roll. The early 60s was the British invasion. The late 60s, kind of that hippie movement. And you saw the Beatles transcend through that whole thing beautifully. Then in the 70s, you kind of have this post-war rhetoric and big arena rock kind of punk came out of that, disco. And then you get into the 80s, and you got New Wave, and then into the, the whole Sunset Strip, which led you into grunge. And then we had New Metal, and then nothing and it's been 20 years of really the same shit with i mean there's some good music out there i'm just talking as a movement but but to tie it all back to to chris for me his death kind of just reminded me of what i've already depressed on and, and and frankly one of the reasons why i really embrace doing this with you because it reminds me of of how I felt when I discovered new music and when when I, when something like the grunge movement came along and how it swept you up and how you got passionate about you about it. This podcast helps me with that. You know what I mean? Because it was lacking in my life. And as much as I enjoy all the old records, I want I want something new, too. And something new that I can really just devour. Yep, it is. It is odd. Like today, like I, I was. I was like, I need to do this podcast. <laughs> that's, that's how much passion that you yeah. and I have for music. And it's a great thing, is my point. Mm -hmm. Whatever, your, whatever your, uh, your passion is. So Yeah. I mean, can I just say this? Instead of the whole bitch about all that stuff, my real point is that it was great to be part of it. And Chris yeah. Cornell was a big, big chunk of that. And it's a really cool part of my life that I look back on very fondly. I can... Uh, 
I've all these memories of like where I was living and, you know, Wilson and I in the, our little tenement in Rochester. Uh, it, it was just it was so cool. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm glad it happened when I was that age. And it, certainly if it wasn't for these things that are embedded within us and, and, and we're in, hopefully inspiring to other uh, current bands that we feature and, and also for us, we wouldn't be talking and spending our valuable time doing the show, would we? Correct. We probably wouldn't even know each other. That's right. So, power so to thanks, the music. thanks, Chris. Uh, you introduced me to Loose Cannon. <laughs> and hopefully other heterosexual, <laughs> heterosexual, heterosexual males online that I can record uh, on Skype with. But in all seriousness, folks, Baco, you want to play us out? Rest in peace, Chris. It's been seven hours and fifteen days Since you took your love away I go out all night and sleep all day Since you took your love away Since you've been gone I can do
the mama in your backyard all died when you went away and I know living with me baby is sometimes hard but I'm willing to give it another try Thank you.